is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Morning. It's quite disconcerting as people start leaving as you walk up. But uh, was the, and there was a few over 18s, which you're never quite sure. They're like, are they just going to pretend they're on the kids' team because they just don't want to listen because the speaker's just got up and I really don't like the look of you. Um, to, to be fair, I felt really welcome today. Thank you very much. Um, this is my first time back worshipping with a group of people in 18, well, February last year. So, so it's really kind of, so thank you for that opportunity. I have been meeting with other Christians. I've not suddenly gone heathen for the last 18 months uh, and just decided to do my own thing. Um, we've done the Zoom stuff like you guys and uh, and we've met in our house. I'm part of a mission or community that uh, kind of meet in Long Eaton. And so, so, but it's just amazing to be able to just worship with other people, isn't it? I think that's what I missed out of everything during lockdown was worshipping with other people. Um, so thank you for that. I have heard a rumour that some of you were at a birthday party yesterday and you were a bit tired. Um, so, uh, so I'm a bit concerned because those seats are comfy, aren't they? I say bring back church pews for morning like this. Then no one's going to sleep, are they? Um, so, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, let me just pray and then we'll get on with it. Uh, Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for this opportunity just to come into your word and uh, and just hear what you may be saying. Uh, for some of us, this will hit us right in our heart. For others of us, it might be for another season. For others of us, it might not be relevant at all. But I pray through your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, that you will interact with each one of us, encourage us, challenge us and build us up in all that you'd have for us today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, so I was listening to um, Graham's uh, talk over the last couple of weeks, and uh, he did the Lost Trilogy last week. That's all right, wasn't it, Graham? Come on, don't test me more than that, please. Um, um, so it's talking about the Lost Trilogy. It just reminded me of that rubbish TV programme. Did anyone watch Lost? Oh, my word. I mean, talk about messing with your head. Like, and it never really ended. It went a bit bizarre. Um, but anyway, um, I, I, I was um, looking at, or go flicking through the channels the other day, and another TV program that popped out at me was Cheers. Is anyone old enough to remember Cheers? A few of not putting your hand up, Dave. Dave's not putting his hand up. Um, and I love the theme tune. So it's based in a bar in some city in, in America. Um, and, and the theme tune in Cheers was, um, you want to go where everyone knows your name. Do you remember that theme tune? I'm not going to try and sing it. Um, but, but you want to go where everyone knows your name. And it got me thinking about what Graham was talking about last week, because there's a lot to do with being lost and being alone. It's almost like, I know you can be in a crowded room, you can be with a group. My, my son, who's 15, has just done his Duke of Edinburgh bronze. And uh, so they did it with score and they were on the expedition. Um, and he got fine, he got, uh, his group got back fine. But there were a couple of groups that, even though there was a group of them, they got lost. Uh, they just they just lost their way and went down the wrong route. Um, so I know you can be lost with a group of people, but there's almost that sense of being lost, of like, 
I don't know where I am. And I need, need something that I know, someone that I know, some kind of comfort. And it got me reminded, reminded me of the last 18 months um, of just isolation, of, of being not lost physically. We all know where our room is in the house or the kitchen table where Zoom is. You know, we all, we're all familiar with that. But there's almost that sense of kind of, I felt genuinely lost at some points. And it was almost that loss of purpose. You know, I'm, um, I'm a doer. I like, to, I like to be active. I like to be involved in things. And, and so when you are kind of stuck in your house, you, you feel lost of, of what to do. And so I was mulling over these things, reflecting on, on these things and praying over this idea of being lost in terms of um, a physical sense of, of not knowing where we're going and also that kind of isolation of kind of, I don't really know where I belong because that's what a lot of people have felt. And, and then this kind of Cheers theme tune popped into my head and now I've got to find the Bible verse again. Uh, and, um, and it just reminded me of Acts, Acts 2. It, it's a famous verse, uh, but I am going to read it. Um, and it's Acts 2. Let's have a look. Acts 2.42 to the end. And this is what it says. The title is The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love that idea of just being community. And that's what I genuinely struggled with throughout lockdown, was that sense of, knowing I was part of something. And, um, and a, a number of years ago, we're talking probably 10, 15 years ago, I used to work for an organisation called Youth for Christ. And we'd take young people over to India every other year. And uh, what we'd do, we'd always start the morning with devotions and then we'd go out and do some kind of project. So it might be we'd raise money for water wells, we would uh, feed street children, go and chat to the kids that lived on the railways. Heartbreaking stuff. But, but that sense, what the young people, every time we came back, were like that sense of community that we had, that we did it together, made a real difference. I didn't feel like I was on my own. Um, we did a values audit as part of Safe Families uh, about two years ago. I like to say... <laughs> I think it's only a year ago, but we forget last year happened, don't we? So you always have to add on a year, uh, unless you're talking about your age, and then last year doesn't count. Like, I'm still only 21. Um, I, can't, I can't take 20 years away, can I? Um, but um, but uh, we did a values audit because, I mean, I came to Jubilee a number of years ago, and often when we talk about safe families, we talk about our heart was reducing the flow of children going into care, uh, preventing child neglect and abuse and stabilising uh, families in times of crisis. All really good stuff. But what we found was that was what we did. It wasn't who we are. 
because there's a difference, isn't there, between who we are and what we do. Often we get identified. That's another talk totally on our identity. Um, so we did a values audit, and the main thing that came out throughout the organisation was um, we, we are here to help facilitate belonging because we believe everyone deserves to belong. Um, we use this slide from our training um, for Safe Families Volunteers, and it, it's, a, it's a quote about isolation. Social isolation is also significantly associated with cognitive decline, depression, increased blood pressure, and increased risk for heart disease. In addition, higher levels of loneliness were associated with more depressive and anxiety symptoms. So actually, isolation has a huge impact on our physical well-being as well. But this isn't new. This isn't new. God knew this from the very beginning. In Genesis 2, it talks about that it wasn't good for man to be on his own. So he created woman. You know, we look at the Trinity, don't we? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is relationship. So how are we supposed to not be in relationship? We're not created for that. And, that, and I'm not just talking about people who sit in church or people who say, I believe in God as a Christian. Every single person in this world was created to thrive through relationship. Now, I don't know whether it's because I'm getting old or whether isolation took its toll, but people would see me and go, oh, Richard, you're an extrovert. You, you kind of, when you're up on stage, you kind of you talk. When you're in a group of people, you're quite chatty. But actually, during lockdown, I realized that actually I need those times on my own. You know, I need those times to build my energy up so I can be perhaps a little bit more confident when I'm with a group of people. Um, but the reality is I can't stay on my own forever because actually I become more and more drawn out. Like, like I was saying in that quote, you know, um, you become, if you stay on your own too long, you become more depressive. You get anxiety symptoms. This is a this is a this isn't a Christian kind of research project. This was um, this was done uh, by uh, by part of the NHS. Um, but but we are created to be in relationships. So these last eighteen months have really taken its toll. And some of the families that we work with, you know, some of the families that are being referred to safe families now and to the local church are families that were just coping before lockdown that are now really struggling because. They can't do it on their own. We can't do it on our own. As much as we try, having a 15-year-old son, I see the amount he tries to do it on his own without help from his parents. You know, he's like, no, dad, I'm going to do it on my own. He says it about lots of things, except things like emptying the dishwasher. He can't do that on his own. He can't do his own wash. Funny, isn't it? How, like, some things we can do on our own and other things that we really need other people around but the reality is we were created to belong and um, I mean I did youth work and if anyone's ever done youth work you will know that for a lot of young people they're they feel so insecure if they haven't got friends or they're not part of a group um, we work um, in Leicester and we did a pilot project in Leicester um, for care leavers 
So uh, the local authority would have these care leavers because they'd be living in foster care or, or in a home, and then they'd be placed in independent living, but actually they had no community around them. So what they do is they get drawn to things that aren't good for them, that, that want something from them. And the local authority said, what do you think about the church coming around? What do you think about? How amazing is that? That Actually, the church can be seen as a community that really impact isolation. Um, and safe families do that through the local church. Safe families are an organization. We can't create belonging. But actually, the church does that so amazingly well. I was brought up, any of you that have heard my story before, I was brought up in the United Reformed Church and I never felt as loved as I did. They had hard pews. There was no falling to sleep in that church, I tell you. Um, but, but, you know, I never felt as loved as I did in that community, you know, anywhere else, because I felt like I belonged. And belonging can mean lots of different things, can't it? I mean... Jewish culture, the identity of, of the Jews and Israel in the Old Testament wasn't to put them on a pedestal and kind of go, oh, look, we've, we've got favor with God. You know, they did have favor with God, but that wasn't the point of it. The point of Israel and them kind of having this amazing, beautiful relationship with God was to show other people what it was like to be in relationship with God. Yes, you know, I know as a Christian, been a Christian for a long time. And, um, you know, I know that I have been blessed through being a Christian. But actually, my role isn't just that. If that was the case, I'd be straight up to heaven now. My role is to show others what it is to be not only in relationship with God, but also in relationship with other people. That's, that's, what, that's who Israel were. They were those people. And, and so often we get caught up, and don't get me wrong, I'm a bit of a coffee snob, okay? My wife tells me off because we'll go around to some friends, and they're like, oh, Richard, do you want tea or coffee? My wife just drinks tea. And I have to really hold back either that or my wife hits me because I really want to say, is it proper coffee? That's what I want to say because I just think, is there any amens in the house? Yeah, come on, come on. Oh, you know what? It comes to something when you got more cheers for real coffee than you do uh, anything else in the whole of the service, isn't it? I know your church well. Um, and, um, and, you know, and, and I'm a bit of a coffee snob. And I think we've got caught up in this idea that to create belonging, to create welcoming, um, we need to do hospitality well. Now, I'm not saying we don't, okay? I'm not saying and there's no way I would ever encourage uh, instant coffee anywhere. Um, but hospitality is not just about how we make each other feel. It's how we make people that aren't part of us feel. So the idea of hospitality, again, comes from the Jewish community, and the responsibility lay with both the household to welcome people in and the community as a whole. So it was almost like we did some teaching at our church. I'm part of a missional community, and so we do a lot of kind of stuff around inviting people into the house. And, uh, and I was blown away because we were talking about hospitality in a way like, hey, you know what? It's not about me making sure the house is nice, making sure that I've hoovered up. But it's about saying, hey, guys, come in. You're really welcome. In fact, be really at home. Put the kettle on. Yeah? Now, that's not me going, 
I'm lazy, I'm not welcoming you. That's saying, you're part of us. You're part of us. We've done breakfast um, the last few weeks on a Sunday morning. And um, the, the rule in the house is whoever hosts the venue doesn't bring the food. Like, and everyone just brings. Because that makes you feel like you belong. It makes you feel like you're not an outsider coming in. It makes you feel like family. And so hospitality is about the community as a whole, not about the individual. And it doesn't actually have much to do with uh, being friendly to church friends and family. That's easy. I mean, to be fair, it's easy for some church friends and family, isn't it? It's a bit tougher with us. Obviously not this church. Everyone's friendly here. Um, but, but it's about welcoming the stranger. That's what true hospitality is. It's not just going, you know, I love, you know, we go back to that, um, those verses in Acts. And it's like they met regularly and people were added daily. It wasn't like they met regularly and they were really comfortable and really happy. And, and you know, they, they drank some real nice Guatemalan coffee. You know, it wasn't that. It was like people just came because they saw and felt part of what was happening. I think so often as church, like, we enjoy meeting together and there's nothing wrong. And like I say, I've been really blessed this morning because the reality is I've missed this for 18 months, nearly two years. Um, but actually, the idea of hospitality is not just about making sure we're happy and we feel comfortable, but it's about going to the people outside, to the strangers. That's true hospitality. People that are different to you. That's really hard, isn't it? Because we're drawn to like-minded people. But that sense of hospitality is really important. We, um, I was showing to some people earlier, um, can I just say, I love what you've done with the kind of sticker. My sticker's fallen off in terms of whether, you should, whether you're up for a hug or whether you should kind of high-five or, or fist bump or just wave. Um, I, it's interesting, isn't it? After doing 18 years, uh, 18 years? That's how long isolation's been. 18 months of Zoom calls. You know, every time I exit a room, I wave now. You know, because that's what we did on Zoom, didn't we, before? Bye. Um, but, um, but, you know, after doing kind of 18 months of kind of um, isolation and Zoom calls and stuff like that, it's been really nice to kind of meet together. And there is, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting stuff out of it. We all need, because sometimes we feel alone. You know, and it's all right going, yeah, what about, you know, we need to be doing that for those people there. We need to do that. But actually, sometimes we can't do community well unless we're in community. We have this phrase in, say, families that we don't link isolated people with isolated people because it, it's just not helpful. It's just not helpful. Um, before um, lockdown, I was, I, so I'm part of a musical theatre group uh, in Erewash, so Erewash Musical Society. Um, in Long Eaton, we perform at the Duchess Theatre. And that's what I was saying. So I love the fact that you've got the fist pump and waving because we're on in a week on Tuesday, we're doing the Adams family. And so everyone's PCR testing, everyone's lateral flow testing. So I really appreciate it kind of being a safe environment today. Um, but the week before lockdown, so we didn't know it was happening, uh, I just directed and been involved in a show called Godspell. I don't know whether you know it. It's, it's based around the parables of Jesus. Um, and Jesus kind of stars in it. It's not written by a Christian, um, 
But interestingly enough, this guy was brought up in an Orthodox church who wrote it and um, who really put off faith, put off religion. But when he read the Gospels at university, he was blown away by how Jesus reacted to people. And interesting, isn't it? Um, so we'd done this show and the idea was, so I directed it, directed, directed it, and um, I wanted to set it up as a mission or community. I wanted... The, to be an essence of the disciples within our rehearsal. So none of these people are Christians, okay? They look at me whenever I talk about my faith, a little bit gone out. So, so I'm kind of saying, right, these are the things that we're going to do as part of the rehearsal process. We're going to eat together because that's important. And we're also going to do acts of random kindness. And each week we're going to come back and tell stories because we want storytelling to be part of it. And so we did this over, I think it was a five-month period. And, and at Christmas, I bought them a, this was probably a little bit cheeky and a little bit of the evangelist in me. Uh, I bought them all a Mark's gospel. Happy Christmas. Um, and I said, right, you're all disciples. What I want you to do is read Mark's gospels and see where the each of the disciples really trusts Jesus and wants to follow him throughout. And then in the show, use that as your kind of motivation. So I love that little bit there. Um, so the idea was a little bit naughty, but hey. Um, so I, so we did that, and at the uh, after it, we were going to run Alpha. Come on, Alpha tomorrow night. So if you don't know about Alpha and want to find out more, look on the website. Um, so Alpha, we so we were going to run Alpha, and I was like, and then lockdown happened. What's going to happen now? We decided to run it online. So it had never been run online. We used the films really good. And in fact, we had four people on it from, from the cast. So the idea was, you've seen how community is. You've seen the impact that Jesus can have on people. Why don't you come and do Alpha and check it out for real? Four people came on it, all of which said they probably wouldn't have done it if it was face-to-face. -face. Interesting. Um, so four, four people came on it. They all came to faith. They're all on a journey of faith. They're part of our mission or community now, which is amazing. Um, but one of, the, one of the girls that did it said, when we said, oh, why do you want to do Alpha? And she said, well, I've, I've been struggling for a long time and I, I really want to know where home is. I really want to feel like I belong somewhere. And that's what she's found. And that's through, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, that, that's, that's through doing it online for the first 18 months and just recently meeting together. And that's what Israel was. That's what Israel was throughout the Old Testament. It was this idea. I mean, they got it wrong, just like us as church sometimes gets it wrong. But this idea that actually here we are, I'm just checking the time. Um, here we are, look at how we do relationship with each other and with people that aren't part of us. Look how we're hospitable to those that perhaps aren't part of us, but when we're not exclusive. You know, we want people to see what a relationship God does for us that we can then do out there. That's what's so exciting about this initiative that you guys are doing, because actually you're not just doing a social action project. Because we, we've over the years, and like I say, I worked for you for Christ for 20 years, we got caught up in doing a social action project, do, doing a project over here, so that we, we feel better about, oh, that's what, you know, we think that's what we should do. We should love the world, so we're going to do that. Now, what you're doing is you're showing your community. So when you are doing these projects, whatever they are, like a big part of that is how you relate to each other, how you show as a community, not as an individual, the impact that being in community is. I'm going to show a video, say family's video, is that all right? 
Great. Uh, and this is this is one from Derby. Some of you may have seen it. It's a, a few years old, but really brings up this idea of community and belonging. I think the most important thing for me is my daughter. Her name is Kazaya. She was born in 2016. There was a possibility that they were going to take my baby away because I was not physically in a position to mind a newborn. It was quite unimaginable to think that somebody could take that newfound joy that was within me. I had a call from Safe Families saying that they had a, a mum who was pregnant and on crutches because of her disability, who was absolutely determined she was keeping her baby. And I thought, I want to do everything I can to help that happen. It didn't take us long to, to, <laughs> to develop quite a good and close relationship. We used to go out for coffees, play dates. She would introduce me to different people. Volunteering isn't something you do on your own. I could see straight away that Daphne needed more people in her life and people in Kaziah's life as well. My mum, she died when I was 10. And I feel like, you know, everyone, when they have their first child, they usually have the mum to support them. And I feel like Helen has come to play a role that I probably wouldn't have had anyone to play for me. Safe Families helped me feel like I did belong and I'm hopeful about the future and I'm happy. <laughs> Definitely happy, yeah. That idea of belonging can make a real difference. And I think so often, Mother Teresa said this, the problem, the problem with the world is we draw our circle of family too small. Actually, we do amazing things. We do amazing things for each other in this building. You know, the people that we know, the people that we know the names of, because uh, you want to go where everyone knows your name because you feel comfortable. And you also know that actually you've got that support network. Actually, how amazing would it be if we created belonging wider than that and actually we drew other people in to make them feel like they belonged. Um, and and like, like Helen, Helen's a volunteer. She's been a volunteer for six years. Sarah is a volunteer. Um, and, uh, and people can help create belonging because Sarah doesn't just do it through Safe Families. It's, it's through Jubilee because you guys create belonging. What, what our volunteers do is, is not do it on their own, but kind of draw other people around to build community. Some people haven't got the time to volunteer, but they want to create belonging. You know, we have monthly prayer emails. If you want to know more about that, there's information at the back. And, and people financially give to help create belonging. But wouldn't it be great if everyone in Derby felt like they belonged to Derby? Yeah? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if the people that came on Alpha starting tomorrow night felt like they belonged rather than just doing an Alpha course? Wouldn't it be great if you're delivering furniture or you are building food parcels or, or doing stuff at Christmas for families? Wouldn't it be great if it wasn't just doing it, but they felt like they belonged, that they were part of your community? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? 
That's the Church of Acts. That's the impact and then their numbers grew daily because they felt like they belonged. And that's my encouragement to you this morning. My encouragement to you is, for some of you here, you may not, you, you may be new to Derby, you may be new to Jubilee, you, you know, you may be new to the country and, and you don't feel like you belong. And I want to tell you that this is a place, I, I don't come here, but this is a place where you will feel like they belong because, because I know enough people here that feel that. They feel that sense of belonging. But I also want to know that you belong to God's family. Whether you believe in him or not at this minute, God loves you. And, and you will be found. But also, maybe for some of you who do feel part of this community, that do feel secure in their belonging, what does that then look like for you to create belonging to other people? What does it mean? Does it mean having an open door policy and people coming in and putting on their own kettle? Does it mean that, you know, you get alongside a person and listen? Is it your neighbour that has no one coming to visit them week in, week out, apart from um, home help, and, and that's the only person they interact with? How do the people around us feel about belonging? Sunday.